Hey, this is Roger from Listen Jake, and you're listening to the Two Track Mind Podcast. Welcome back to Two Track Mind. I'm Liam Toms. With me, as always, is Edward Crawley. And just before the intro there was Roger Lima from Less Than Jake giving today's intro, which is very fitting because this is a Scar edition of the show. Yep. Um, we... Pick it up. <laughs> we... hup, hup. <laughs> any more? That's, that's, that's a lot. Gone. I can't roll my R's or anything, so I can't do any of that. I never used to be able to, but I've done it a few times accidentally recently. And uh... How do you accidentally do it? Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, oh. like, I just rolled off the tongue. <laughs> hey! Oh, right, we've peaked too early there. Yeah. Um, so we have for a long time been talking about uh, digging out the, the, the Scar in the 90s documentary uh, mm-hmm. that, that, w- that was released last year. Um, and we finally got around to watching it. So we were going to do a, a review discussion type thing on that. But as it happened, um, timing wise, uh, some new Scar songs have dropped from some classic uh, Scar bands of that era. So before we get into talking about the documentary, we're going to go through... What we've been listening to. Yeah. Um, so Mad Cap- uh, Mad Caddy's dropped a new EP, House on Fire. Yes, and that was yes- literally yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, a five-track EP. Um, we've discussed one of them uh, in a previous episode, uh, Waiting for the Real Thing, mm. which is sort of like the... Um, almost say it's like almost a bit swing band-esque. Yeah, it's got a real... I, I think I said rock and roll last time, but it's more It's more like a... It's more like soul, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um so that's track two, but um, it's great. I I really enjoyed it from the from the off. Um, first track, "Let It Go," is sort of a slower reggae style song, which and they do reggae really well. I think we did, again we discussed this, but I'll reiterate: over the course of their albums, they've been various sort of scar personalities. They've been the sort of there was a pirate esque album. They had the funner album with like Road Rash and Monkeys on, and then they um, uh, is it. Dirty Rice was sort of a mix where they were experimenting. That was the last full album before they did a covers album and a a few sort of tracks and whatnot. But this seems to be, I don't know, all five tracks seem quite in keeping. I don't know what Mm. you thought. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, it was very consistent. It flowed Um, well, didn't it? Yeah. Do do you know anything more about it? Do do you know if it was done because of the current circumstances? I don't don't know. Um, Is it just to tie us over until another full length? I wonder if these were tracks that maybe have been reworked. That was or Strange Days had a vibe that the lyrics could have been mm. relevant to what's been going on. Um, and I really loved Strange Days as a track, sort of big chorus, bouncy. Sound like it could be a single. Yeah, I thought all the songs really showed off his vocals. Oh, um, Chuck, his vocals have got to be up there as one of the best vocals in Scar. You know, if Scott from Real Big Fish was still in a Scar band, it would be a toss-up maybe between those mm. two for the most beautiful voice. Obviously, you've got Les and Jake, like Roger. His voice is insane as well. But Chuck's is just... Matt, he could sing anything. It's like he mm. could be a, a... I'm surprised he's not done like a solo album or something yeah, of yeah. him just singing. Yeah, I think in some ways it's kind of had a bit of a more solo-y kind of vibe to it. So I don't know whether it's well, something that he's led... More so than the whole band. I thought Dogs of War, the fourth track, was a bit more like trying to appeal to a wider audience. There was less scar to it and more... It almost came across a bit poppy rock. Mm. Um, 
But I still, I, I loved all of it. I thought it was great. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah, I think of everything that's on the list that we're talking about um, in the new releases, I, it's not Scar in the... Conventional sense. No, not at all. But as we've said before, they've not um, ever seemed to feel that they're restrained by that sort of yeah, blueprint yeah, yeah. Of, of what third wave Scar needs to sound and like. And maybe having vocals, having a frontman like him, this, I don't know how tall he is, six foot four, blonde surfer slash chippy i think he is in his in it when he gets home um with a vocal style like that it's sort of you can really just say well should we go a bit more poppy now because his vocals will yeah, will do it, it. and if he goes a bit faster because there's a couple of faster tracks on dirty rice um and he suits the punkier stuff as well um i like the artwork too i thought that was cool yeah yeah i didn't quite understand house on fire as a ep title but then again there's been loads of albums over the years where i thought <laughs> that's got no relevance but yeah i, I like the artwork yeah. yeah it was good um so that came out yesterday was it the week before that we got the goldfinger track yeah i think it was the week before uh wallflower yeah and this is the first one and you you tend to know the goldfinger gloss. Not, i don't know if it's the build-up to a new album if it is what i would add is I think it is more what you'd hope or what you'd come to expect from Goldfinger than maybe when they released The Knife, which was like a punk rock track. If you're a fan of the scariest sort of Goldfinger, then this is going to really, really tick a lot of boxes for you. What I will say is, and I sent you the two tracks, didn't I? Yeah. It's got a similar vibe to a couple of previous Definitely. tracks, from mainly Hello, the intro. Um, Answers and Get Up, which isn't a bad thing because Answers is one of my favourite Goldfinger tracks. Um, real good pace to it. De straight away it would fit in their set. I think that's what I mean by it's very Goldfinger sounding. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I was thinking this earlier on, um, listening to it again, that I feel like, with the exception of some tracks from that last record that they did, I feel like John is tending to write with the mind of playing the songs live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps he realises that that's where Goldfinger has the sort of, um, the, the, the popularity is, is in their live show, perhaps more so than the, yeah, the, yeah, than yeah. the record. Like, it, there's a fair chance that someone that was a big fan of Superman, obviously the big hit back in the day, may not even uh, check out the whole of The Knife. Yeah. But they will go and see them live. So he's, I think he's almost, it seems to me trying to write songs that will work well in I, the live show. I think for Goldfinger, I think that's got to be where the money is in the yeah. touring because they're still one of those legacy bands. And with the re-release of, um, well, the remastering of Tony Hawk's one where, you know, ultimately that made them in the UK or helped make them in the UK. Yeah, I think he's one of those bands where like, no one's buying our album. Let's just write some hits that we can chuck in the set so it keeps our interest yeah because it was definitely like some i can't remember which part of the song they're in but there's like some like crowd like chants like yeah in the, the song as well. Yeah, yeah yeah and like i i'm i'm i kind of have like a bit of a sort of love-hate relationship with them like used well it, it works yeah, yeah, yeah and obviously it works well live but sometimes when you listen to it on record i i feel like it's almost a bit more um sort of anthematic than it needs to be like yeah. it's, it's a bit bigger than the track itself needs to be which is like almost for the most part, quite a concise sort of scar track. Yes, saying that, because we've seen them since they put out 
the twenty um, the, the knife, which is like three years old, twenty seventeen, yeah. And he definitely it's it seems like it's he stops the track and stops the. There's a talking bit before it is what I'm trying to say, um, and he says, you know, this is a punk rock song, this is a circle pit song, and then it's dan and it's fast. This one definitely seems like he could almost, as the intro is being played, say, this is a new track, this yeah. is Wallflower, rather than having to stop and tell people what they've got to do. Yeah, yeah. And people would just carry on the, the skanking. It's slightly choreographed, but he's very good at it. He's perhaps yeah, the I, best at I it. Yeah, I quite like that, because, you know, yeah, I've seen bands who have, tra- who have chatted in between every track, and you go, fuck me, what else have you got to say? And then I've seen bands who say one thing, and you go, give us something else. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it will it will fit in their set. I'd love yeah, if that's the sign of things to come for a potential new album. And I did listen to a podcast with um, Charlie Paulson, um, the one of the original. This is what I wanted. Well, he no, was saying this, this is like a throwback to very early episodes of of this show where each <laughs> each week you used to have Goldfinger gold gossip. So I was listening to Charlie Paulson, who um, is essentially an original member. He he knew Feldman and he came in. And he was discussing that they've been sending each other back and forth. And he was saying that he's now at a point where he can turn around and say to John, nah, that's got to change. No, this isn't Goldfinger. Let's, ah, screw that. And he was, it sounded like he was very much being involved in the writing process. And John is clearly a very clever guy. He could write the whole album and get five nobodies in. Teach them the bass line. Teach them the drums. I'm sure he's multi-instrumental. Hey, Mike Rare is not a nobody. No, but I'm, I'd like to think that Mike has turned around and said, well, no, let's jazz up the bass line and stuff like this. Um, so I'm hoping Charlie is a bit more of a say in it because obviously the, the, the better half of the Goldfinger career is the stomping ground, the hang-ups. It's interesting. I remember some of the criticism when The Knife came out without Charlie obviously on the recording was that Charlie is the the sort of the scar guitarist of the band or, or yeah. was and some people were saying that that sounded like it was missing like the upstroke playing and stuff wasn't quite as strong yeah we, yeah and definitely and he'd probably with his own sort of arrogance probably say that like yeah. he is a punk rock dude like but he can play scar he's really knowledgeable mm. about it um and in fact, the same episode, they were talking about some of the session stuff he's done. And he's like, yeah, I played on a rap track, but I don't, I don't know what the track's called. I just got, I got paid a day rate yeah. just to come in and play this track because they You're needed someone to do it. Yeah. And um, so I'm hoping he gets involved. It would be interesting to see yeah. what, what goes on there. Um, just quick, would you be interested in like a, say Goldfinger came out with a Greatest Hits tour headlining, say... I don't know what venue they play locally, but say they said we're going to do Charlie, Kelly Love You, whatever his name was, Darren on drums and John. Would that interest you more or would it not phase you at all? Because hmm. There are some bands that, I, that an original lineup would interest me. But yeah, I would yeah. say for Goldfinger, particularly because... Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> no. and, Mike. And, and to be fair, the other, the other people that they've had play with them... Yeah, it, Cyrus. It's been a strong Yeah, yeah, they've show. done well. Yeah. You'd miss the guy dancing, wouldn't you? In the brown corduroy jacket from Brixton. I don't know whether he's a permanent fixture. <laughs> he's from... Um... He's from Ascarmy. He's from uh, We Are The Union. Yeah, We Are The Union. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be um, Ben from Boss Tones or whatever his name is. Yeah. Or Bez from uh, Happy Mondays. <laughs> yeah. 
um, but overall, you know, it, I thought it was a good track. I thought it was it would slot in nicely to a set, and it's yeah, definitely it's I, very gold. I, yeah, I mean, I, I like the song. I like the vibe. Um, what do you think of the chorus? More my sweater. Yeah, I, I, do you know what I think? Easy to sing in it. Yeah, I, I know I did. I really, I really liked the chorus, and I, and I liked how it kind of um, ended on that kind of note of the, obviously the title of the tr- the, the track. Just at the my end little wallflower. Yeah, just the yeah. way it kind of like hung yeah, on the end good. there, and then goes back into the uh, the scar uh, verse. No, obvi- obviously, it. seeing as we had Rog introduced the episode, lesson Jake dropped a new single. Um, it only feels right to. Uh... <laughs> Reference less than Jake. I mean, as, well, we're, as we're referencing him for a reason. Long-time listeners of the show will know that we managed to find a way to uh, to reference less than Jake most episodes. Um, but I feel like this is perhaps the first time, um, other than when I saw them last year. This yeah. is perhaps the first time I've had a legitimate reason to um, to talk about them. Which seems odd for the amount of references they've had. Yeah. So but we did. We did kind of like uh, we skipped over the um, the tracks that they put out during um, the, the the first few weeks of this uh, we, de- we definitely we? apart from mentioning that we were maybe recording remotely we definitely made an effort not to really dwell on it though didn't we and it was an odd thing because obviously you know the context of of this new less than jake track is that it's the first single from the new album yep. the first full album since 2013 i think and the new album is going to be silver linings yeah which in is december suggestive 11th. in its name i think yeah um, and obviously, it's the first album that they've put out uh, as their their slightly revised lineup with uh, with Matt Yonker on drums. And we we should say that Vinny hasn't been a member now for a couple of years at least. Because, two years. And yeah, it, yeah. Uh, reading some of the comments, people still don't know this. Yeah, yeah. Onto the the track itself. So, "Lie to Me." Yep. Lead single. Um, we were obviously talking, I think, in the the hours maybe before it dropped or the evening before it dropped yeah, the following what? morning. Uh, and, and I remember you saying, like, this feels like a big deal. Like, it feels like a big moment. It did. And yeah. the, the problem is that when you have that then as, like, your level of expectation, it's really hard to just listen to the track and just judge it as just what it is, which is just a track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... My first lesson was trying to park that as much as I could and just forget that context of, you know, is it going to be different in some way? Like, you know, is there going to be a slightly different vibe or, or whatever? And just try and just listen to it in a kind of like a, a in a completely neutral way. Yeah. Um, How many lessons did it take? <laughs> <laughs> well, I only listened once the first time. And then I, because I, you asked to me, I think later that day, how many times I listened. And I was yeah. like, only once so far. Uh, and I waited till later in the day and then watched the video and listened to it again yeah, through yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think perhaps the thing that hit me with that level of expectation was that there wasn't anything that shocked me about it. Like it was, yeah. the track is very sort of quintessential Less Than Jake. There's, yeah. there's, there's no, it doesn't pull any punches. There's nothing out of the ordinary there. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things I said to you is that my only hope really for the whole of this new album is that it doesn't feel like a lesser version of anything they've done before. Yeah, I hope yeah, they yeah. try and do something different and, and, and make use of having, you know, uh, new influence in the band and, and slight changing of the dynamic. Um, it just feels like it's way too early to answer those questions and it's going to take yeah, listening we ser- to the whole album and then having a bit of time to kind of reflect on Well, they on might it. be dropping a new track next week. Oh, okay. Um, 
I didn't know this. Someone said, born, uh, I think it was Lester Jake, who's ready for a potential new track next week. Yeah, I, uh, it was in I the wonder, comments. Because I think the day that the track dropped, Rog did a live on Instagram with JR and they were answering some questions. And during that, uh, he mentioned that it, it was the label's choice for this to be the first yeah. song and that makes sense I, mean, I think I could... it makes sense from a label's choice to drop like you say a very less than Jake track mm. because obviously like you said we can't judge the album we can't judge them as a band on what their direction will be for the album on, on one track what I will say like Goldfinger is Lie to Me could easily fit into a less than Jake set so it makes sense on a promotion from a label to say, look, let's not rock the boat too much. Give them something they're going to enjoy. Mm. But possibly, if there's more of that, fine. It was a really, really good track. Really strong track. Um, Roger's vocals sound great in it, especially in that second verse when he sort of riffs a bit and it sounds like yeah, there's yeah. given a bit more on one of the lines. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's a bit when it's like, uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like, jump in, buckle up, let's go. Like, yeah. And it's like a, just a little bit of uh, just of, of a play on the kind of like the phrasing from the first verse. Yeah, yeah. That was the bit that really sold me on the track. Like when I heard that bit, I was yeah, like, yeah. that's awesome. It seems like his, and he, he puts a bit more gruff, for lack yeah, of a better yeah. term, into one of that. And then Chris comes in with the chorus, um, like the vocal both their vocals yeah, yeah. that little bit of a pre-chorus that they do yeah, it's good the, um, uh, I can't remember it. something 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 the flames you hold the, yeah. cl- the closest burn the worst like that that is really good as well like, I often you, you know how much I love Less Than Jake lyrics like there's there's lots of Less Than Jake lyrics that I think of not even just as tattoos but things that I would want like blazoned across a wall yeah, or something because yeah. like this is an incredible line of lyrics and I think that is up there you know and it, and it's funny to you know obviously it's it's written by someone else I think these lyrics were, were written by Rog but it's great that it's done in such a way that it is totally in keeping with Less Than Jake lyrics yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's almost irrelevant that it's come from somebody else. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, you know, it it ticks so many boxes um, as a first release. And it'll be interesting to see if the album has got more faster songs, more reggae songs, more, you know, even more trumpet and, and, and horn section, obviously. Um, so it's excited me for the album Silver Linings. Um, like the artwork, thought yeah. that was cool. Um, yeah, a bit great darker, by, you know. Uh, Peter Wonsowski. It was. Uh, I hope I've pronounced that right. <laughs> oh yeah, really like the way they've sort of done that in the mirror image of yeah. Because when they sort of sh- they they kind of showed a preview of it on something and you couldn't quite see what it was. Mm. Um, you really need to see that at full size. To, yeah, yeah, to I, appreciate that. I think on a I think it will work as a vinyl mm. uh, uh, sleeve. Um, but yeah, I just I thought it was great. But that you know I think it's quite known that Chris and Roger have got probably one of the best duo vocals. For the, of the last 20 odd years you know I don't think there's many bands whose vocals work as well as theirs in punk rock I, I, you know yeah. I think uh, Eric Melvin and Fat Mike's work together but mm. I wouldn't say it's as fitting you know Chris the, you know I just it works and it, it really shows off in this track with the duo, with the duo vocals I think it's really good yeah and I think in obviously in recent years they've had um, 
JR contribute a little bit yeah, to it as well. JR, like, as a yeah, yeah. Incredibly strong backing. They're so lucky as a band that yeah, you know, because Buddy can has got he can hold a tune as well. You know, yeah, yeah. his solo stuff's great. I think as well. Like, I mean, to to give a bit of um, shine on on Matt and and his involvement. I mean, where he's been like an integral part of that band for so many years anyway. Yeah. They they have been lucky in that respect as well to have somebody come in and fill Vinny's shoes. And it well, not... he's a phenomenal drummer. Like played in bands previously yeah, yeah. like punk rock bands like he can drum you know yeah but he has been able to slide in in such a way that had it been someone outside of that family perhaps it would have shaken it a bit more in one direction than yeah you know than... well i think with lesson jake being a touring band they're very much they tore their asses off what i worry about with new members unless if they don't know them and they've said look we've heard of this guy, you need him in your band, is someone like Matt, not that there's been much <laughs> bloody scandal around Les and Jake. In fact, I can't think of any. But when you know that you're able to handpick someone like Matt and bring yeah. him in, there's no like, oh, we better behave ourselves on the next tour or anything. It just, it works. So, you know, emotionally, the impact isn't yeah, big, yeah. It isn't yeah. that great either. It's just like, yeah, he was working behind. Now he's working in front. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like it's worked out really well for them, Incredibly which which excites transition. me in itself. You know, yeah. um, but we're, see, we're not that far away from the album. I mean, it's what about December? Yeah, less than two months. Yeah. to go. Uh, it's exciting. Um, so yeah, hopefully there will be some some more tracks to come in the lead up. Um, so that's a little look through new releases. Uh, we're going to talk about the the Scar documentary now. I don't think we're going to spoil it too much. So if you haven't seen the documentary, I don't think you need to worry about us completely I th- I making th- it unworthwhile your time going and sitting and watching it yourself. But if you don't want to hear our thoughts on it, which are mostly positive, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, then maybe you could stop here and, and come back um, at some point. But I, I think you'll be fine if you <laughs> keep yeah, listening. Um, but the choice is yours. That was, that was your I, warning. What I would say is um, if you've seen the trailer for it, <laughs> the trailer's quite... It's like when you watch Netflix and you like, they give you the little preview. I've watched a few of those previews and I've gone, oh, I don't need to watch the film now. Yeah. The trailer for it doesn't, it gives a lot away anyway. So I mm-hmm. think you'll be fine. Um, what I would say is if you have any interest in Scar, I really would recommend it. Renting it or buying it, you know, um, because I've watched it twice just because I wanted, to, the first time I watched it, I was a bit like a bit, tired so I didn't want to miss anything or if there was something that I wanted to hear again and I was pleased I watched it again um, but I really enjoyed it and I would recommend it even if it's not like your first love like I don't know you know our journey we love Scar yeah like, so yeah so maybe we talk a little bit about that as well like how we came to this because we're going to be slightly biased is what yeah, I'm saying absolutely like because the thing that I felt when I was even, even in like the first like 10 minutes of watching the documentary is I just felt like I was home. Like I felt like transported back to a particular uh, time. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what and you mean. And it's funny because I can't, I can't like sit here 20 years later and say, Oh, like I am totally scar. And um, like that, that's my music interest. And yeah, okay. I like a few other bands here and there because it's just not true. Like yeah, yeah. there's so much stuff that, that you and Definitely. I like, um, but there's something about scar that I don't know whether it's because of the age that we got into it yeah. or, or because of sort of like, you know, how good friends we were at that point and how we were able to sort of share it together at that time. Yeah. But there's just something about it that kind of just feels like 
I don't know. It just feels like true to sort of like something inside me, like who I am. Honestly, the the opening little bit where it's going through and it, it, it you know, you like you say, you're just transported back to a time. Mm. One of the things that keeps me searching out these scar tracks and keeps me going to see Real Big Fish, Lesson Jake, you know, Boss Tones whenever they're around, all these scar bands that, you know, you've seen Lesson Jake coming up 40 times i've mm. seen them over 30 times i've seen real big fish probably nearly 30 times goldfinger 15 times you know mad caddies for what it's worth now probably five or six times because of festivals you know i keep going back to them yes because i love the albums but also because it does it transports me back to a time to 2003 where i'm just being well, 2002 when i'm just being given these albums i'm going Look how bright the colours are on the front cover. You know, flicking, <laughs> through, be good. <laughs> flicking through the CD booklet and like, oh my God, look at the, you know, and then putting it on and just hearing like the horns and the upstroke and everything. Mm. It's just mm. fun. And one of the things that came out of the movie is how enjoyable they all find it. Yeah. And that was really relatable because it is, it's not, it's not the same. And to reference the movie, one of the best bits I think they said was Scar in the 90s was getting big just as, Kirk Bain took his life. Yeah. And and that I found really I hadn't stopped to think about that. Like it was like a cultural the, shift. Yeah, a, that's the, yeah. A cultural shift and it was like, yes, that makes so much sense because people were like are getting a bit done with the grunge and the the downbeat like yeah, those bands still around now, but they were getting a bit like, yeah, I don't want to I want to look for something happy and that suddenly all this money was chucked at ska bands. Mm. And we're all the better for it. You know, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it, you know, it's. I mean, this, in this, its simplest form, it's enjoyable to listen to. Yeah, you know? yeah. Even if you, you know, obviously, that's and Jake being a key band where sometimes the lyrics were a little bit more melancholy. Yeah. Um, but even where they were, I, I always kind of felt with Less and Jake that it was sort of like you were just kind of like it was seeing through your troubles kind of thing, you know, like it was just sort of like powering on through. It's like yes, it's acknowledging it in the lyrics yeah, yeah. that this is hard or that's tough or whatever. But you don't need to be completely defeated by it. Like it yeah. was, it was their scar was kind of like sort of like in the face of um, of hard times, and, yeah. and and I think perhaps you know going into our early teens, like that was why that appealed so much. But yeah. the, the the thing that hit me as well though is like the documentary is obviously scar in the nineties. Like we didn't get into it until like the early two thousands. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so what we got was kind of like handed down scar from this nineties explosion. Yeah, yeah. But also it did make me think well. But at the same time, like, it didn't feel like it was over by the time that we got it. In some ways, it felt like it was just starting. And I do wonder whether actually in the UK, it kind of picked up, no pun intended, around that time. Yeah, I do. Once it transferred back over from the US. Because they do a thing in the documentary, but they give a really good diagram, don't they? Of like where it started. Yeah, yeah, and then they come over to us. And then back to the US. I think it then kind of came back to the UK. And that's why a lot of those bands like Less Than Jake and Will Big Fish were doing really well in the UK in that early part of the well, 2000s. Well, you think 2003, January 30th, I saw Real Big Fish headline... Um, Guildhall. At Southampton Guildhall, which is 2,400 capacity venue, I believe, mm. with the starting line in Sugar Cult uh, as opening support. That tour, I think they did two Shepherd's Bushes, which are probably around the 2-5 mark. I think they did two nights. All the venues were over 2,000. Less and Jake toured that year. They're doing Brixton, I think, headlining that year maybe. Mm. But they've done Brixton headline. Like, for the first four or five years of seeing Real Big Fish, it seemed like it was always the Southampton Guildhall. 
like it was only then that they started dropping down a few venue yeah. sizes or they were joining on with bigger packages mm-hmm. to boost them up. But for the first the majority of the first times we saw Less than Jake and Rubik Fish and stuff, they were headlining big venues. Yeah. Big venues on their own back with minor supports, you know, Less than Jake at the Astoria, Rubik Fish, uh, uh Shepherd's Bush and the Forum and stuff like that. These were all a few thousand mm. and they're doing these full tours they're not coming over for weekenders like a lot of the American bands tend to do now where they'll do maybe a Glasgow and Manchester London and you might get three dates or a week like the whole steady because of the way it works for them as a weekend. band they do the weekender in London they were coming over and touring and yeah. doing like 15 days yeah madness really yeah Um. so yeah I think you're right there in the yeah. sense that we seem to get and I found it funny when they said ska is the only genre where it comes in waves. There's no other genre of music that came in it's waves. That way, yeah. The first wave of ska, the second wave of ska, and the third wave, which is what we tagged onto, which yeah. then we did go back. We, you know, I remember my stockings. As soon as I was like mentioning ska, suddenly I was getting all the ska compilations with yeah, Matt, this yeah, one yeah. step beyond on, and message to you, well, Rudy, and the selector. You know, I didn't ask them, but I, I was given all the compilations. It's funny that you mentioned uh, one step beyond because when I was a kid, my parents had that as a 12 inch album yeah um and i guess like because the album artwork is obviously the, they're more like doing like the moon stomp sort of thing like yeah, in a funny yeah, thing yeah. but i used to get my parents to put that record on and yeah. i used to run around the lounge in <laughs> in, in in like a primitive like version yeah, of, yeah. A, of a circle pit and ironically actually somewhere probably in the u.s circle pitting was happening at that point because if you think about the age i was it's probably around the time that less than jake started definitely the boss tones were about yeah, yeah so yeah. i'm like you know like a toddler like the same age your kids are now yeah running around to scar and maybe that's why it's like so like intrinsically like well it, in me like as a fan now it's awkward but i really want i'd love to like wait at the back end of a, a venue and wait for these bands to come out now and just show them videos and say, like, when I was 13, 14, mm. you essentially changed my life musically. Like, because yeah, yeah. I am now nearly 33 it's and I'm really still to listening to Real Big Fish cheer up. I listened to it on a run the other day yeah. because I was considering it for a perfect album. And if it was shorter and didn't have three tracks on, it would be. But for me, just quickly, Rock and Roll is Bitchin' Ruins It. Um, another one and another one. The jokey tracks ruin that album. Otherwise, that is a perfect album for me. Because, like, finishing with Kiss Me Deadly and stuff like that, it's just, like, it's phenomenal. Like, these hit after hit after hit. There's, like, three tracks in the middle of it. Like, they're not needed. Anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> I would love to show them pitch. Time. I would love to show, like, Chris and Roger, like, Freddie singing Bless the Cracks. Yeah. Like, and that's one of their newer tracks. Yeah, yeah. Albeit it's not that new anymore. But I'd love to, like, him there singing it and, like, showing Max, who is two in a matter of days, running around the lounge where I've, like, put on boss tones. I'm like, I'd love to be able to say, I'm now showing them, like, you are still so relevant. Yeah. It's, like, it doesn't matter the venue, like, but the thing is, as a fan of music, any band, it doesn't matter what venue you're seeing in and them in. It's the songs, mm. and it's the people playing the songs. Well, they talked, didn't they, about the um, like the legacy of it and how it's now like there's a big Mexican scar um, mm. scene. But going back to our um, sort of foray into the the genre in the early two thousands, like in the UK, there were a lot of um, 
ska bands that had sort of come off the back of that third wave, like King Prawn, Jesse James. Yeah. Um, who, the King, well, the King Blues slightly uh, uh, later. But yeah, that's the, that we followed and that were often support bands on those big US package yeah, like, tours. Uh, um, Cap down, yeah, no, or Cap down as well. No yeah, comply, yeah, yeah. Um, not Katie's. All these. So there was like this real kind of like hotbed of, of UK. Talent yeah, definitely. That, Sonic Boom Six. Yeah, you know, they were, and they're still going. It's you crazy. Know. Like, it, it didn't. It didn't go away. And I, Cap down still reimmerse every so often to do yeah. like the slam dunks. And you I know. think if that was, if I was to have one, not criticism, but one thing that I just I felt in some ways with the documentary is that it kind of spelt it as being the end. At the end of the nineties, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I want, yeah, I'm and glad I think you I think up. that was that they were trying to say that the 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 bubble kind of burst of like the of the mainstream interest in it, and that might this, be I true. Think, I I think what they didn't want to actually say because it sounds so sordid is the money left. Yeah, because at one point there was a lot of money in it. Like I've referenced previously that Aaron said on a podcast that why do they rock so hard? Two hundred grand. Uh, cheer up 300 grand they'd never get that money now they did the new album for six grand yeah you know that's not including pressing and everything but they did it's a lot less than 300 grand that they spent on cheer up i wonder whether scar was unlucky in the timing of napster and all that sort of thing because really the music industry took a dip around the same time that scar seemed to um would you say that the does it no because they were sort of I was going to say, did new metal and the likes of Linkin yeah. Park, Limp Bizkit, yeah, because they talked about have an they, effect about the, about the of pendulum swinging back then to heavier some, stuff, yeah. Um, and the thing is, me and you like some heavier stuff. Like yeah, exactly. we've discussed how much we love like... that Linkin Park am. We are, we aren't. There are a lot, a hell of a lot. In fact, I think most of the music, like most music lovers now, will have a wide variety of genres that they can go to they'll listen to as comfortably less than jake as they will a robbie williams album you know it's just the way things fall now and i think that probably is down to spotify but that's we've already done that episode and the way that the release radar and you mm. things just something takes your fancy it's not as tribal. tribal yeah um but scar definitely is one of those ones that if you got the bug for it it's hard to get rid of it in it and yeah. like we had scar themed parties you remember the hour of skanking we did in your back garden well i'm glad you said this because earlier on today when you messaged me and said should we dress up tonight <laughs> all right thanks and, for dropping uh, it well, i'd like it known that we both didn't i did go to two charity I shops i've got a less than jake t-shirt on i've, I've made that effort at least. Well, i haven't even made that effort but I, i've got something else what is it he's just scooted back he's um searching through a box not as prepared as you would have thought he was um, he's put something in. Oh my goodness! I have got my two-tone sweatband. This is the one. He has brought out a sweatband, a two-tone black and white sweatband. <laughs> this is my one from 2003. No way. That's it. <laughs> and it doesn't look too bad considering. I mean, it's the the whites of the two-tone are a little bit um, faded. But we uh, lived in them. Yeah. Every show. It doesn't like, quite fit my wrist anymore. I don't know whether I've slimmed no, I, down or whether that's just gone a bit baggy. Well, go go for slim down if you want. Um, you weren't a big kid anyway, so like... But I've got that, and I've also got this, Not the finger one. The yes, finger I was going to say. <laughs> finger sweatbands. I'll get a yeah. photo of this to the Instagram. The, um, I feel like... We... See, this is what excites me. This is nostalgia. This is uh, this is the best it can be. Yeah. You know? See, I've not got anything like this that represents another genre, really, or no. that, that works in the same way. I think we bought these uh, finger ones at Reading Festival. 
Yeah, potentially from the, the from the marketplace. Yeah. Because we, I think we were amazed that, oh, they're like our wristbands, I but they're it, for our fingers. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't believe you still got the wristband. Yeah. Didn't you used to wear one plain black, one two-tone? Quite possibly. I swear, had you, had a, I swear you rocked anyway, the plain black one, because I was like, oh, plain black. There is a photo, which perhaps you're thinking of, from one of those scarp eyes, where you are dressed up in a kind of a... Two-tone I thought we boy. all did for an hour. We all skanked for an hour. I don't know whether I had the full garb, but you definitely did because there's a photo of you in it. And I, was... I look a bit busted though, don't I? When Busted first came out, jean shorts. I was going to say you look a little bit hammered in it, which is probably not quite right because you're about fifteen at that point. Oh, oh yeah. We, but um, we, yeah, I was we didn't going. Then. I was going to share it on Instagram uh, this week, but I thought now I'll save it. So yeah, save I'll, it. But do feel free now. to yeah. share it. But everyone will have a genre of music like this. I know there's. Um, I don't know if they do. No, but the emo scene was massive. And I know a lot of people are still so into like your... Story of the year. Silverstein. <laughs> Sayerson. Frice. Yeah. There'll be people who aren't as in love with that, but... Sh- it takes them back in the same way. And don't yeah. get me wrong, like, there's other songs that I hear that I'm nostalgic about. There's songs that came out before Scar, well, before we got into Scar that I hear, and I'm transported back to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, pre... Um, 2000s and, and stuff I listened to then but there's something about being transported back to those the, the scar phase of your life that it just like well, what would you say scar phase is still a phase you know it, yeah okay but not quite in the same way not quite as intense no I'm not wearing the baggy I'm not wearing the XL I did start watching because I've lost my bag of t-shirts and I cannot find them and I searched because I was looking for my real big fish one which was XL the orange Real Big Fish tour t-shirt that I had. Yeah. I thought it was yellow. Well, yellowy orange. Someone is selling an XL version on eBay. Starting price is £20. I was like, has he found my fucking bag? (laughs) So I looked through to see what he had, to see if my A t-shirt was there, my Less Than Jake one. I haven't kept many. It's one of my regrets, actually, that I haven't kept my my I know people that have kept all their band t-shirts. You? I've... No, I've only kept all of my Less Than Jake ones. I, I When I got rid of a lot of them, I... Only... A baseball? No, that's gone. No! no you, why didn't you give me first dibs? <laughs> I, um, I, I, couldn't, I just could not... Have you got the amp for one that we bought for five quid? Uh, no, I got it the year before when it was full price. But oh, yes, the, the repeating um, one, yeah. That was at Plymouth, wasn't it? Uh, I got it at, um, at the Cardiff show, yeah. The yeah, year I got it at Plymouth. Yeah. Um, um, at some point, I'll dig out these Lesson Jake shirts and... And share them, but uh, oh, see if I could find my Teen Idols T-shirt again. That was a epic T-shirt. Yeah, but this is what I mean. All the you know, a lot of our bands that we grew to love were on support at Less Than Jake shows. You know? Yeah, so it, it wasn't. Remember it wasn't that purely Scar, Real Big Fish, it? Goldfinger, Zebrahead, and the matches. The matches. Yeah. You don't get tours like that anymore unless they're like a fuel... Um, a fireball. F- yeah, yeah, a fireball or a slam dunk. Like, yeah. they were just... That was just a tour package. Yeah. It was like mental. Like, absolutely mental. Like, seeing Goldfinger and then seeing Real Big Fish followed. It was like... We used to dream about it. Like, how much would you how much would you spend to see Les and Jake and Real Big Fish on the same bill? <laughs> now it just happens. Yeah. Every year. Yeah, yeah. You know, but back then I think it was like, yeah, I paid 50 quid to see Goldfinger and Real Big Fish play the same show. Yeah. And then, Little did we know, 20 years later, it would be happening all the time. Yeah. I don't think a band like the Pixies would get someone this giddy. <laughs> you know. I mean, I, 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 I tell you what, I'd like to meet the person that it does. 
I Have like the fake. Pixies. I think yeah. they've got some great chat. I think the greatest <laughs> hits is the best album they've got. But I like the Pixies enough that I will listen to them. But I think with something like Scar, it's not just about the way the album's presented and it's more colourful, it's, you know, whatever. More childish, I know a lot of people would say. But it's the live show as well that comes with it that I've got so much nostalgia about. Because you don't go to a, a Scar show and expect to be bored. And mm. I think that's the one difference between Scar as a genre and a lot of other genres. I could take someone who likes heavy metal to a Scar show and they would start tapping their foot. They wouldn't be able to help themselves. But I wouldn't go to a heavy metal show and think I'd better start getting in the pit and headbutt and, yeah. and headbanging. And I think there were people that we were friends with around that time that... Um that they didn't necessarily like Scar or Punk as a genre, but they'd have like uh, a Less Than Jake or a Real Big Fish that they did like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was something in it that they just found fun. Oh, I like the acrobats. They're quite funny. Yeah, that's you what know, I mean. That's yeah. what, you know, Alistair Fife, who I was in a Scar-esque band with. He didn't like Scar, but he loved the acrobats. Yeah. Loved the acrobats. And he played bass in a... For all intensive purposes, a poppy ska band. I suppose you know. when, you, when you look at this like selection of '90s ska bands, there's quite a broad variety of different takes on ska, isn't there? Because I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Less than Jake isn't silly, but Real Big no, Fish no. is. Obviously, Acrobats is very silly. Yeah, and I think Real Big Fish have got more silly. Um, I think songs like the setup and stuff off Why Do They Rock So Hard and even Cheer Up. There are sillier songs like um, Dateless Losers and stuff off Cheer Up, but there's I think there's enough to... I think in recent albums, which is possibly why I don't own them on vinyl or anything, or I haven't seeked them out, it's because they've gone too far. Um, but everyone's one of your favourite bands. There's always going to be a badder album. You know, They're not just always fantastic albums. You'd be an idiot to say that they're my favourite band. Every album they do has got, you know, is my favourite album. Because you, that's just lunacy. But to, to bring it back to Pick It Up, you know, they mentioned No Doubt. There was quite a, a, a few minutes on No Doubt in the fact that they were saying that they were a big local band that suddenly made mm. it onto magazine covers, partly due to Gwen Stefani being the way she looked and the way she was as a performer. Yeah, that was interesting, actually, wasn't it? I, I hadn't realised that they were that sort of uh, band to begin with that had a... Years of success, apparently. Yeah, just as on a, a local lo- level. As a, as a, yeah. yeah, and then just happened to just take off. Which is, is incredible, really, because that doesn't really happen all that often nowadays. There's been a few bands yeah. where we've seen them and we've gone, oh, they'll be the next big thing. And it's just, I guess, very... Excuse me, Barry Tomorrow did the Southampton scene for a while as a metal band, and now they're playing big festivals mm. and stuff. But I can't think of anyone else. Yeah, I that guess was I, prolific as a local band. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, maybe just some we don't know about, but well, yeah, um, you know, yeah that, you, that was interesting, and, and and also what you were saying earlier on today when we were talking about how. Um, they, there was that interview that's in the, the documentary, and they're they're saying you know that uh, that they didn't consider Tragic Kingdom to be a Scar album. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are obviously some very Scar, yeah, heavy real. tracks on on that record, which is I, odd, isn't it? Yeah, I listened to it since watching the documentary. And oh, I, have you? I yeah. I, I mean, I've I've been doing this big sort through of my Spotify library, so I was, I was sort of going through, and I just got, happened to get to the No Doubt section. So I was listening through to that, and yeah, I mean, there are some moments that 
I could understand that if you were really heavily just into traditional, you know, or, or it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't scar- be your thing. Yeah, I could see why you perhaps yeah. wouldn't be as interested in it. Um, and obviously, Don't Speak isn't a Scar track at all, really. No, um, yeah, no, not at all. Big, and that was the big hit from that record, um, other than just the girl and um, Spiderwebs. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't think of it at all. Um, in terms of the documentary, it's obviously it's narrated by Tim Armstrong. I think he did a very good job. I can understand what he was saying. Amazing. Thought I was like, well, what's this guy done? Like, you know, <laughs> where's this voice come from? I thought it was, you know, because he he provides a, a quite a level of authenticity to it, sure. being in one of as the documentary states probably one of the first ever ska punk bands to to grace America in Op Ivy, who yeah. famously only have the one album energy, um, which is, I love it, you know, um, undeniably uh, one of the greatest frontmen ever to have graced the punk rock stage and rancid, you know, he's a, a talented bloke. So it's great having him sort of, and what I loved about his narration was, it was uh, the animation that came with it. Yeah. All the animation was amazing. Yeah, perfect. It was so good. Like, um, you know, the way they're describing the history, so you'll have to bear with us now because we're going to be describing a bit, bit of the documentary, but with the way they describe the history from where it comes from in Jamaica and then it sort of went over to uh, London and Coventry and places like that and then it moved over to America. It's all animated with sort of cartoon and it's, awesome and you've got tim armstrong over the top of it narrating it and it just worked it mm. all and it was it was quite helpful actually because it's funny how you you feel like you understand something but it's not until it's actually laid out to you in that documentary that you really actually appreciate how that did move in the way that it did yeah and it, did you find that it it sort of you have this vague memory of things you've heard and things you've read about it just so. laid it all out yeah and was I was like, just like it makes sense oh, now oh yeah that, so that did happen yeah you know I didn't find myself there was no points where I was like oh wow like I feel like I kind of got the how it changed in the UK and how the two-tone thing happened yeah the, as well the, like I never really quite understood what that was about I mean I, I knew in, in you know basic principle what it was but the, the, I, the way that it was actually the, the people that had it wasn't just the sound that travelled over; it was the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Searching for jobs and stuff, yeah. which and they just bought the music with them, and, and and they just happened to just like bond with the skinheads and the punks, yeah. and it yeah, yeah. turned into this whole big movement of uh, what they were saying was like fashion and culture, and yeah. just like the music and bands. Which I loved the way they said like and uh, Tim. You know, again, it says it be- beautifully. Well, obviously, it was scripted, but the way he says it, you know, and the bands were full of blacks and whites, and it was just like everyone joined forces, and it was like, yeah, yeah that's that's what it's about. The two tone movement is just like everyone being together. It's just a family, isn't it? Yeah, like, I think there's like that that kind of like that raw kind of like underbelly of of how that came about. I feel like that's somewhere in the scar that we enjoy as well. That this this kind of like well, it's in the Op Ivy song of Unity. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, that that vibe. And I kind of I think that carried right through until we sort of like jumped on, you know, in the two thousands, where you did feel like welcome. You know, and and unless you were stood next to the fella from Whitmore, <laughs> <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> um, Maybe we'll do that in a bonus episode if you if you join the Brain Trust. But yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, no, you, didn't, you didn't rush to uh, reference them, and I was reading off some of the bands before. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but that's a very uh, scar story, isn't it? That was a real big fish show. Oh, Fandangle, nod to them. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I saying? Sorry, um, I, I totally right. interrupted that's your right. train of thought for, no. a, for a joke I have not explained. Um. Uh, no, where was I going with that? I guess, like, you know, we aren't really outsiders in, in much of the sense of the word, but I guess in some sense we were um in the kind of the the very basic sort of school level sense like you know we you know i always joke that we were the in-betweeners like we we weren't yeah. like the real really nerdy guys but we weren't the you know the, the you know, we the, could chat with anyone yeah we weren't the coolest but people we, we possibly somewhere... did side on the yeah the awkward odd lot more than we did yeah we certainly weren't the sporty ones no um and i feel like scar kind of like it it, it spoke to us on that level as well. And, yeah. then, when, and then you realise the roots of it. You're like, oh, okay. Like, it's... The, Scar has this culture of acceptance. And, yeah, 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 definitely. And unification. Um, that is the great thing about... Yeah, it's just, you know... You go to a Scar gig, everyone's dancing. I wonder if it's, it's very It's very hard to feel angry at a fucking Scar gig. I wonder if anyone's made it this far into this episode and doesn't know what Scar is. Yeah. <laughs> These boys really well, seem to Well, the like Scar documentary Scar. had that funny sort of... Um, That's how it opened, wasn't it? With uh, Scott um, for Ruby Fish. Um, who, Scar? Who, who, Scar? Who retired from Ruby Fish probably about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and is now into... Um, There's theater. a... If they come back with him and Matt Wong and, a, you know... Well, when you said earlier on about the... Um, if, if, if there was a tour with Scott, that would really pique my interest. In when fact, you said I'd, earlier on that was actually the lineup I was thinking of when you said about the yeah, Goldfinger one. I, was, I would love to message Scott and just say, Scott, can you rejoin and remake Cheer Up for me? You know, or get it pressed on vinyl. Rubik Fish, if you're listening, press Cheer Up on vinyl. Yeah. It's the- only on CD. Yeah, there was never a vinyl pressing. I know okay. they redid Why Do They Rock So Hard last year, but that's already up to a hundred quid. Yeah, because there were so few of them. Sorry, when did Cheer Up come out? Was it two thousand two? Two thousand three. No. Yeah, I think it was two. It was two or three, which means you'd hope in the next couple of years there might be a twentieth anniversary. Ah, oh, and I, I know it's not your favorite album, but I think it's because it was the first album I got introduced to them. I just I have so much love for that album. I think it's a heavily underrated Scar album. Yeah. I think it's a phenomenal album. I love Why Do They Rock So Hard. And I remember there was someone, uh, a mutual friend of ours, whose favourite album was Favourite Noise. And that's <laughs> almost like a Greatest Hits type sketch, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, or it's like it, the best of the Beatles. Yeah, and I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know your history, dear. <laughs> um, Come on, it's supposed to be nice. But the way they were... Um, describing Scar like oh it's a faster reggae you know that would yeah. seem to be the and then the guy from Moonscar was like take a little bit who lives in New York but is he originally British? I wasn't sure he was an interesting actor. I needed to had. google it yeah, and yeah. I, I, I forgot yeah his but accent like, was interesting take a little bit of reggae take a little bit of punk you get a bit of rock and roll and you take a bit of pop and in the middle no it's, uh, yeah in the middle Scar yeah. and I was like that's probably quite yeah. a way because there are some rock and roll elements in the guitar sound and the solos yeah. that typically form he it. was interesting I mean there was he knew his stuff didn't he they had a good selection of talking heads um, um, I, throughout the documentary but yeah. I was there anyone else that sort of stood out to you because I really like the guy from I don't I've never really know that much about this band but is it MU330 he was sat in the back of his van yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, time I was about to say, yeah. yeah I really liked him he was interesting yeah he was interesting because there were a couple of characters weren't there like yeah. Angelo Moore from um, Fishbone okay, in yeah. the outfit and he, yeah. he's saying this is skanking like yeah. one of the original sort of um, 
bands out there. I thought the two guys from Hepcat were interesting, very smartly dressed. And the way they were like, when <laughs> we first occasion. started playing, no one knew how to dance. And he, fuck the West Coast. And then he's yeah. like, and then he's like, no one's dancing because they don't know how to dance. So they started doing almost choreographed. To teach people. Skanking yeah. routines yeah. to teach people how to skank. Yeah. I find that amazing. Like, Yeah. And there was, then there was the bit in the documentary that kind of like, Taught you like kind of like explain yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like I, I can start really... off in lines almost like yeah. some sort of chorus line like a, a line dance more like and then the turned... madness kind of approach and then Cooley ranks states and then suddenly the moshing came mm. and it was just like and it is you know essentially the running man on the spot you know and yeah. in the past me and you have tried to mix it up and create little moves with it and we've <laughs> you and I I'd like to say are pretty well versed in you want to see some skank and you watch me and Liam do it because yeah. we have skanked many hours you know <laughs> right got the fans to prove it but we've um you yeah i've always loved the red hot moon video the rancid one i know this is now the noughties but the guy where he's just against the brick wall like and trying to emulate the skanking moves people you can go anywhere with skanking it's funny because you you put me in a in a nightclub and i will have a good time and 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 dance Yeah, yeah with you know if i've had a couple of beers or or drinks or whatever like i i don't care too much whether i'm doing it right or not but yeah, yeah, yeah. i do always feel like i'm probably not a very good dancer right? yeah, yeah but i can tell you with some confidence <laughs> that i think i'm pretty good at skanking yeah 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 and maybe there's not much of a criteria but i think i'm pretty oh, good oh i've at seen it. some people <laughs> where i've gone yeah back to the drawing board with that have you tried pop punk well, <laughs> you know? um, so Maybe just to skip to the end, but I mean, we can still bounce around for a bit more. Um, at the end of the documentary, uh, and you made a note that at the beginning of the documentary, they, they used a, a more modern yeah, fish, a track, fish track, which, yeah. which did work. I thought that was okay. Don't Stop Skanking, yeah. which is an instrumental for most of the track. And then I don't there's... know whether I would have preferred them to have stuck to the 90s, but it worked. Now, yeah. at the end of the documentary, over the credits, they used um, the MC Lars scar track. With uh, with acrobats, yeah, that was what was playing over the credits, oh. right? And I've I've heard this a couple of times, but I've sort of dipped in and out of, of 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 following him over the years. But I was so moved, like I'd enjoyed the documentary so much, right? And it you was cried. Crazy. I didn't cry, right? I got up and had a skank to the credits ah, to, to the whole nice. of the end of the track. Nice. It was fantastic, right? And and just as a side note, um, I had some some bad news after right not long oh. after right and it brought me crashing back down right but for those you know hour or so whatever the, doc- whatever the documentary was at two hours i was in that zone yeah, and yeah. it just drove me at that last bit i was like there's nothing left to do now but just get up and, and dance and I, and I did that for a little bit and i was i was really pleased that i did because it just I was like, I just felt the energy in, in that moment, and and that is a that's a new track. That's a relatively new track. It's not a nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like you say, not not nostalgia is a big thing, and I know we go on about it quite a lot. You, you know, if it's, you know, I've got a thing for original pressings and stuff, which I suppose is a bit nostalgia esque because I want that when it of a time and the music we like and maybe the t shirts we wear and stuff like that and. You know, it all, 
it all transports you back, but it's, you know, you're not hurting anyone, are you? You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, there are far more, there's far worse things to be into than like collecting Star Wars stickers or, you know, enjoying a a certain level of vinyl or toys or whatever, you know, it is, you know, it's just, what I liked about the, the documentary in itself is the way they, they, it was, it could have been, a bit more tongue-in-cheek, but I felt like they, there was real information in there. Mm. And I think that's what people forget. Scar isn't just like a bouncy, fun song about like, oh, go and have a Scar, you know, go and have a Skank, let's go down to a Scar show. Yeah, some singles are like that <laughs> or have become that way. But I think, like, it was re- there was real good insight. Like, one of the things I really enjoyed was the, this flyer thing, going down to Kenko's. Yeah, so Kenko's the, is like staples. And I like... Think dropping the cartridge on the floor and you'd reel off like it would reset how many flyers you'd done and yeah. you'd like cut together a flyer and then look they, there was a bit of a animation of some of the flyers that were there like and the mm. bands that were, and like the idea of these six band bills and like them joking like no like they five are on the door there's six scar bands playing they've all got ten members like, you know, no one's getting paid because yeah. you can't split the money yeah <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that was a really that was a really good point, wasn't it? About obviously, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's got to go further. And they, I think they referenced like Blink One Eight Two, and were like, well, that's, "That's a free person band. Like they're making a lot more." Per well, the, person. the the photo was MXPX. Ah, right. Yes, the cool yeah, yeah. like free uh, free piece band, cool band, and it was MXPX starting a set of steps. And yes, I thought that was hilarious because I was like, "Well, my career is now sort of in a scar band." As yeah, well, I know? think he might be pals with the with the people behind it because they were. This is sort of how I first came to really Pop know about or, it. Or... Well, I think I think one of the producers was in, um, and she was in the documentary. She was in Five Iron Frenzy, or still yeah, is. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think. Yeah, she was on Mike Carrera's podcast talking mm-hmm. about the documentary as it was coming to uh, a, yeah, yeah. A, an end, the production phase of it. Um, and I think they've got a little bit of sort of like friendly, like rivalry sort of banter between him and her about Scar because he famously didn't like Scar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously now plays Scar in, in Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, the way it sort of moves around drops into the animation with the narration with tim armstrong narrating over the top and then back to an interview um you know and you've got um roddy from the specials they they yeah he was quite a bit i really liked um the fellow from boston's tim burton yes his vinyl collection behind him yeah that was mental (laughs) yeah i was like what Oh, that's a lot of vinyl. Yeah, you think like this year, obviously, where there's been lots of like video calls and stuff, like you're used to seeing people's like bookshelves and stuff in the background. Yeah, but yeah. that was like that was actually an impressive thing to see uh, in someone's. And the way he like room. discussing the plate and like then they like started off with a skinny tie and the the shirt and then they just went well then yeah. we went bigger tie yeah, yeah. and we were like going to like charity shops and then it just became like a uniform and stuff like that. I and that was, was another thing, wasn't it? I guess on on bus tones as well, where they'd involved uh, Ben, yeah. who. Um, was it because he he was too young? So yeah, they, they, too young. So yeah, in, yeah. you couldn't get into the underage shows unless you're in the band. Yeah, and they so were, he was just this guy who came along, and then he just danced on stage. The fact that um, the guy from Noise Complete Band, I can't believe I forgot uh, the name. I think his name's Dave. Was it Dave? Uh, oh, from Big D. Yeah, from Big yeah. D. A uh, day. We'll go with Dave. Um, where he said, I've heard a rumour that he's just a fully-fledged member. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just... Yeah. It has, like, an equal share in Equal it. share. Yeah. Like, but 
You go to a Boston show, you'd you want to see him. You'd be disappointed if he wasn't there. Yeah, you'd be gutted. And don't, and don't get me wrong, like um, there's varying lineups of the Bostones now where people are dipping in and out. Obviously, JR from Lesson Jake plays sometimes. With yeah, them. it's um, typically the horn section. Yeah, yeah, so the horn section I saw when they played London last year, I didn't recognise some of the players. All right. But if they subbed out Ben with another dancer... No, no, no. I'd like to put myself forward, though, but he, you know, <laughs> so would he I. brings so much to it. Yeah, absolutely. That he's deserving of that. Yeah. Like, and trust me, he is not just Bez. Like, Bez is Frey Bentos pies compared to, you know. <laughs> That's an interesting analogy. But... <laughs> I don't know where I was going with it. To yeah. be I just thought it was something cheap and nasty. Oh, dear. Um, Poor Bez. Well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, who else stood out? Chris is obviously Chris makes from Lesson Jake. He he speaks quite well and um, not as much to him as I would have hoped. And yeah, it would have been I, nice if he'd had Roger sat there maybe with him. Um, I did feel like there wasn't that much, as I said to you earlier. I didn't think there was as much Lesson Jake as there could have been. Yeah, considering um, how much. I know there's a lot of archive footage of, of them. And, and, and to be fair to But them, also, like, from the 90s, the two, like, Les and Jake, were one of the more prolific ones. Well, I think probably they, they were perhaps sort of tail end of the 90s, and now they are probably one of the biggest ska punk bands from that era that have survived. Oh, to, uh, 100%. Like, maybe even the biggest. Um, yeah, I, I, I argue in terms of being able to release albums and singles... They are the biggest. Yeah. Um, yeah, because No Doubt doesn't really exist as a no, one-off, so no. it's, it's not active. Boss Tones, I feel like... They've got this core support that they will always have. I don't think they have the same international recognition that Dustin Jake do. No. They um, don't do the same level Boss of Boss Tones wouldn't touring. come over and tour. They'd do like a weekend yep. sketch and or they'd headline a festival. And that would probably be the same for Europe as well, whereas Dustin yeah, Jake will do yeah. the whole of yeah, Europe easily. Um Spotify plays will suggest differently oh, okay. for some of the things we're saying. It doesn't make sense. It's just, so you've got a, a game for me. Uh, Do you want to chuck the game in now? Higher and lower. Well, maybe we'll save it for... All right, but yes, yeah, so I've got a game for you with just Scar Bands. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I thought overall the documentary was really, really well done. Yeah, I, I felt like I, found, I wish I, I'd watched it sooner. I th- yeah, I'm annoyed that I hadn't. Um a couple of interesting characters. Aaron's, I know he's, he self-proclaims that he's an awkward character anyway, but to see him on camera, yeah, you, he is awkward. Um, this is Aaron which, Barrett. Yeah, Aaron Barrett from Real Big Fish. Uh, and I mean that with all uh, it, the niceties in the world. But yeah, he was he was interesting. Like, yeah, struggled to look at the camera. Yeah, discussing the money as well, I'm not sure he was overly comfortable with. Because obviously, the famously, you know, sell out, take on me. They were able to get him bask... Uh, basketball um and did they have a track in something else as well at some point probably yeah but i know that they were one of the first bands to be given money like mm. go and yeah they did frame a lot of the documentary around ruby fish almost being a turning point didn't they yeah which maybe they were you yeah. know and, and we've joked about it before that lesson jake got good burger and ruby fish got basketball <laughs> yeah. and basketball at that time was one of it was a huge hit because it, it was, was um, the guys, the guys from, from South Park. Yeah, it was their first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was massive. You know, mm. I've, I've sure I've still got the DVD somewhere. Yeah, I have. Um, so they were very lucky in that. And then the singles that they were released straight after that, having the Take On Me cover as a single, 
for like well mm. done you know <laughs> that was a great move by them and they followed it up you know I, I don't know the exact timings but they they did very well with singles back then so yeah. but yeah, he's a he's a funny character but i'm guessing now he is the only original member of Ruby fish yeah you know the horn sections all changed the bases have changed multiple times i must have seen five drummers with them i'm not sure if they know who the drummer is um <laughs> Because they had the guy from Suburban Legends, yeah, who were also in the documentary randomly, but not that I know too much about Suburban Legend. We've seen them support. I think that they were there kind of as pundits more so than being covered. Yeah, I think they were. Well, yeah, late... they weren't being covered, but yeah. they were just there to add. In the same, yeah. the, the say Ferris guys were there. Um, that was interesting, wasn't it? But so, are they original members? Yeah, so I think the ones that they interviewed, I believe, were the original but, lineup who are no longer in the band. Well, no, I thought. I'd seen the guy with the quiff in the hair. Yeah. I thought he was at Slam Dunk. Might be wrong. Might be wrong. I'm but, not. I need to Google it. But but I did. But I they, recognised him, unless he's in another band that yeah. I've recognised him for. But I was like, I've seen that guy before, and I was like, because my initial thought was like, I thought they all left because they fell out with Monique, and but I, I knew him. I was mm. like, where have I seen him before? Monique's story was good. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I think she's a really good storyteller generally because when she was on, um, whose podcast was she on a couple of years ago that was... Life in the Stocks. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was a really good episode, actually, because yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really interesting, obviously, what happened to her with, with her... Um, was it back or neck? Was it? Uh, the, uh, neck. Yeah. Um, and she she sort of made that deal with her dad that if she came through it, that she would restart the band somehow. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, she really didn't think she was going to, yeah, and, yeah. and she did, and then she had to do it. And obviously, they're they're back now. Um, it in a way, I sort of kicked myself a little bit oh. for not making the effort to talk to her at that Fireball tour last year. Oh yeah, because I had the opportunity to, like you know, she was like stood where you're sat now, um, but she just had like a lot of people around her, and I didn't feel like it was the right time to say, you know. I, you know, I used to really like, like say Ferris, and I used to like, you know, try and champion you guys, but it was too late. You'd already, you know, stopped yeah, touring yeah. and stuff. Um, and and I didn't, I just didn't feel the need to sort of overwhelm her with that. But I, but she, when was, we she's, saw, but she them, was great when we saw them. Yeah, when we saw them uh, at Slam Dunk the year before, which is obviously the first time they come back to the UK, like that was a really like significant moment for me, like in yeah. a way, because that was those two albums were were like a big part of my scar fan years of those early 2000s. Yeah, and I don't think they get the credit they deserve because obviously they're known for the, the cover. Yeah. But there's some really good Scar tracks on there that's and it's an a shame what happened with the band. Yeah, that's an interesting point actually that um, obviously a lot of Scar bands had a cover and were almost like defined by a cover. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't like uh, acknowledged I don't think in the, in the documentary really. Because that would have been an interesting thing to d- to delve into, like how yeah. that kind of worked and like how that even like why Scar lent itself to doing to covers. Doing covers, yeah, because interesting. It's not, it's because like, even Madness, One Step Beyond, is a cover. Yeah, it, like, of Prince Buster, right? From yeah, um, and because that was another thing they mentioned how some of the tracks that were being bought over ended up becoming yeah they covers. were doing versions of it, weren't Ver- they? Yeah, yeah the to specials make them yeah that quite a bit. Um, which I thought was quite cool. And but it's like, still a thing that's done now. Yeah. You, you of course know. Yeah, I think um, there's the Scar Bands that have done, you know, full albums of... of Less covers. than Jake. You know, they yeah. did uh, the TV, Greased. EP. They did the TV, yeah. which turns 10 today, I believe. Wow. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. that probably makes sense. Yeah, it was 2010. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I, wow. I swear I read the post because I was there thinking, I bought you a 
CD version of it when I went yeah. to um, Boston in America. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was I saying though? Yeah, so it's not like it wasn't like um, I was going to say it wasn't like new metal came along and was defined by covers, but it actually I think it kind of was. I think Limp Bizkit did have a cover that they did. I can't remember if there's a Lincoln Park one, but you know what I mean. Like generally, there's not genres that are kind of like known for there being lots of covers. So yeah. why did that? Why did Scar lend itself to that? Don't know. No, I think you're probably right. I don't think that obviously there's a lot of punk rock covers. Maybe maybe punk like country. Covers. Maybe country does a lot of cover songs. I don't know. It's oh, it's maybe it's a feel for it and a, yeah. a, a, a more melodic. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, it could have been something they touched upon because there are a lot of ska bands with yeah. cover cover songs <laughs> yeah. that are big. Um, yeah, I loved what Monique was saying about like the size and like how she was just like I wasn't going to be told that I was a I was a bigger chick or whatnot i was just yeah. gonna flaunt whatever i had and just sexuality and, and all that and i thought like, that was really impa- like uh, that's quite empowering definitely. and that's what she was saying she was all about she just wanted to show you that you could be a front woman in a heavily male-dominated world or music in general let alone yeah, the scar world point, yeah. um and there was that other oh god i should have wrote a name considering we've now touched on monique um was it the lady from the dance all crashes yeah yeah, and she the, was really interesting. Yeah, and she was like the the guys in the band like she's got one who like treats you like a guy and one who treats you like a brother yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was like that's really cool like because you know it's not something you see all the time you know mm. over here we've got Sonic Boom Six with Layla Boom but aren't many female fronted ska bands going that have stood the test of time so fair play to Monique yeah. for for still doing it. Uh, just made me think actually obviously the interrupters were uh yes featured. and i've just remembered that no comply uh or no not katie's no i think no comply was yeah, the, yeah. So, okay yeah. <laughs> you were looking at me as if i was wrong so i automatically went for the other band that yeah. I, were around the similar time <laughs> no i just wondered what you're gonna say um yeah i thought it was good that they did include interrupters because Interrupters are an interesting one because they are a third wave ska band. Like you can't say, "Oh, fourth wave is here." Yeah, and you can't. In Interrupters you can't are the fourth fourth of it. Wave, can you? They are like a third wave throwback, aren't they? Like yeah. that, that's what it is. And and as I've said before, I think they do a very good and or quite authentic job of it. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that you've got Tim Armstrong heavily involved in it. Yeah, you know, it's not been cooked up. Can in... you think of any other? What current? Current scar bands. I mean, I can think of some that we've not mentioned. Interrupters, bad guy, by the way, cover. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. It just point. it works. It's it works. It's yeah. because you can alter a song but still have the balance. So it's great for pop songs mm. like Take on Me, like because it's pop songs typically are normally happier anyway. Yeah, perhaps that's what I it don't is. think you'd get a scar cover of Angels <laughs> by Robbie I don't think it would work, but Chuck a bad well, I think guy. Williams is getting a lot of uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's because of the Buckles we, yeah, uh, Adam Buxton podcast. Um other scar bands that is like coming about now. I mean, I'm sure there are some. I think there was one that came up in my Instagram feed or something the other day that I sort of like dipped into for a little bit and it wasn't really for me. What I liked was um, you never saw them, but um, like when they chucked in a couple of interviews with like the fella from the toasters who we did see, um, sorry, the pie tasters. Yeah. And then the guy from the toaster, I was thinking, yeah, these were bands that never really made it to the UK. Never really made it to the UK. So that, and then the fella from Bim Scala Bim. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it at Grove's Rock on the smallest stage 
I was stood next to a guy who had a interesting cigarette, shall we say, and that got passed around the front row <laughs> to me. <laughs> and the next thing you know, the front man from Bim's color, Bim has grabbed it and he's like, light him up. And I'm so like, So this is the guy who's in the dock? Yeah, oh, yeah. Brilliant. And suddenly I'm a little bit. Because it's not in my tolerance level, so the tiniest little bit makes me feel a bit woozy. <laughs> next thing you know, you were in Bim Scarlet Bim. No, next thing, I've still got the video somewhere. I'm on stage with Bim wow. Scarlet Bim with like 50 other people just skanking to Brilliant. Bim. I've got it on my computer. I saw it the other day. I must save it. That's crazy. Um, but as soon as he came out, I was like, couldn't name a song, but I've been on stage with him. You know? <laughs> There's a band that wasn't... I'll find the video for the Instagram. A band... Oh, that'd be good. A band that weren't featured in it, but... Um put out a great album last year is the uh, Planet Smashers yes um, another band that I thought might get more yeah I don't know whether they airtime. were a later one I'd, I've no idea but um, I definitely think they're the you'd consider them 90s surely yeah yeah they must have started in the 90s yeah but uh, but I really wish I'd gone to see them in London last year because the venue where they played um, you were a big champion you actually talked about that album didn't you yeah yeah On this, was, you were the, a big champion of that new album it's a great and you record. made me listen to it it was good yeah. Uh, they played at the New Cross Inn, which is where I went for the Rehasher London show a few oh, years back. Like, tiny and it's a great venue. Like, honestly, it's one, it's one to watch for us. I mean, it might be a bit difficult to get to because I think it's like it's right. central London. Oh, but, don't um, worry about it. Yeah, I, I, I think you'd really enjoy seeing a show there. Oh. It's a great venue. Uh, I was just thinking of someone else that they could have probably... Oh, interesting from the fella from Mustard Plug. You know, if you liked Scar, you were in my... Mustard plug. It was like, yeah, that's probably how it worked, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but again, no, they covered a band a lot. that they never came over, yeah. really. I got a feeling they toured with Howard's Alias at one point. Okay. Howard's Alias might have bought them yeah, over. Yeah, I think the Bucko Nine was in it as well. Yeah, yeah. There was, there's a lot of. It would be interesting to see a. I don't think it would be them, but a UK based sort of production company do mm. a uk scar one. On. yeah yeah and you know say look can we ref can we use some of your yeah just info and your it. and make it about the you so one about howard's alias cap down sonic Moon six and those sort of bands yeah, which i like, know there'll be people now who have been at a local show to go and see their mates pop punk band and they've been supporting a sonic Moon six or yeah, howard's definitely. or a, a pickled dick or someone like that they'll yeah. you know they would have seen these bands that were referencing yeah. when might not have been a fan you know but yeah that would be a really good doc and to involve like golf records and household yeah name definitely and yeah deck cheese like all those oh, deck cheese yeah and big cheese magazine you yeah, could probably get it because yeah. they were a big champion of some of the scar that was coming over i think it was linked i think there was some direct connection between deck cheese and big cheese i think that was okay perhaps the point but, but they, they, they were you know they were always yeah big cheese was always one that would always have a decent review go. of scar album well we'll start our uh We'll start a Kickstarter for that, shall we? We'll, we'll do a two-track mind presents. We'd end up just uh, like sitting there in awe of the people we're even interviewing. Like, yeah. why don't you get back together? Just, um, <laughs> just make sure we don't invite uh, Rob from Whitmore, just in well, case yeah. he remembers your face. Well, yeah, yeah. A story for another day. Um, so that was. So, pick I've, it I've up. got a quit a couple of on this days if you want them. Have you? Yep. So, Scar born, related. Yep, born on this day. Saturday the 17th, is That's it? correct, yeah. Saturday the 17th of October, 1934, Cuban-born trombonist Rico Rodriguez from the specials. Brilliant. 
who sadly passed away in 2015. Not so, so good. Not so, not so good. good. And on this day, born... You got another one? Yeah, slightly. It's Tenuous. not really. 1968, <laughs> Ziggy Marley was born. Okay, that's sort but of But the reason I like this one, right? Coincidentally, that was the last time Bob Marley ever cut his hair. <laughs> Why? He died in 1981. You do the maths. He famously, the days, the, the year Ziggy Marley was born, 68, yeah. was the last time he cut his hair. Wow. So that, that, those dreads he died with so he had, hadn't been cut since 1968. 13 years? He got an infection in his toenail, which spread across his body. That's how Bob Marley died. Yeah, I think it gets referenced in, the, in one of the songs on the new Real Big Fish album. In Mentor? Yeah. Oh, yes, the toenail one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Scar. <laughs> well, we've gone full circle. Yeah. That's all good. Um, oh, just, just quickly, yeah, that, that documentary did make me go back, for some reason, and check out the Forces of Evil album. Yes, you were talking to me about that. And really good album. I'm almost sort of like, why wasn't this just... Do you know the story of that? No, so I, I so really So the reason don't. he did that was because when they made Cheer Up, he was worried that people wouldn't like it because it was less Scar than the previous stuff, yeah? Yeah. So he made a Scar, a new Scar band out of other friends that he had that were into Scar, yeah. right? Um, in case Cheer Up was a flop. It was a, it was a backup. And the irony is that now... I think as many as maybe three or four of the members of Real Big Fish were in Forces of Evil. Oh, yes. The fellow with the tash, yeah. Jared uh, Christmas. Yeah, Johnny Christmas. Johnny Christmas. He was definitely in Forces of Evil. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. He really yeah. didn't need to worry, though. But I'm sure there's people who don't. Yeah, but that's the story. I mean, it might be well, no, it's fiction. But uh, I was just going to say, just uh, if uh, if you've listened to that and you do still want to watch the documentary because you feel like there's an inch of something left to watch, uh, it's available on DVD, but yep. only in the US. So we got it direct. We bought the digital version from them, which you download via Vimeo, Vimeo or stream. And you get a load of extra videos. Have you yes. checked out any of them yet? No. I've watched one, like a 20-minute one with the uh, Bat Commander, yeah. uh, Christian something from Acrobats. Yeah. And wow, his house is mental. The backdrop was pretty crazy. That, you watch the like extra footage. light photos. Uh, watch the extra footage. His house okay. is just a museum. Like, And he openly admits in the extra bit, he's like, we didn't... Don't you look at the game. I'm not looking at the game. He goes, <laughs> like, we made no money back then because we were, like, spending £100 every show on inflatables. But... Now, he said, we make more money than we ever did in the Acrobats. Yeah. And some of the shit he's got from the TV show yeah. that they've had made and stuff wow. is insane. And some of the posters, it's a real, I it's your will. ideal house <laughs> with, like, memorabilia. Cool. It's amazing. I, no, I, I'm looking forward to diving into those. So, so, you, I, you, so you get them, don't you, with the... With the uh, yeah, you the, get the them package. with the Vimeo purchase. So I have got game for you. I can't uh, lay claim to this game. It is from a friend of mine, Matt. Okay. who quizzed me, and I thought I will adapt it. So this is Spotify, higher or lower, with Scar Bands, based on their monthly listeners. Okay. So I will start you off with one, all right? And we'll see how well you do. Fishbone get 119,000, roughly. I wasn't going to go into, the, like, the one, two, threes. Uh, 119,000 listeners a month. Okay. 
Is the toasters higher or lower? Lower. Yes, 65,000. All right. Thank you, Bruce. 65,000, right. This one's going to be tricky. This is the hardest jump, but I can't be bothered to work it all out now. So pie tasters, less or more? Less. Yes, 59,000. Not by much. <laughs> Voodoo glow skulls. Higher. Higher, 84,000. Less than fishbone, though, right? Goldfinger. Higher or lower than 84,000? Higher. 1.7 million. What? Yeah. Here's one for And they're you. all Superman. Less than Jake. Higher or lower? I'm going to go lower. Lower. 787,000. Almost a million less than Goldfinger. That's insane. I, don't, I can't. It's got to be Superman. Yeah. All right. So and maybe here's 99 one. red balloons. There's another cover. <laughs> yeah. Less than Jake. Higher or lower? Um, sorry. Um, is Mad Caddies higher or lower? Lower. Lower. 237,000. So very Still respectable. Rearwig Fish. Higher or lower than Mad Caddies? Higher. One million. You're doing well, right? This one's I've a not lower. got one wrong yet. <laughs> no. This one's a hard one, all right? Boss Tones. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Higher or lower than Rearwig Fish? Lower. Yeah, lower. 868,000. So more than less than Jake. There we go. So when we were saying earlier on about which is the bigger band. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Right? Save Ferris. Oh, lower than Boss Tones. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I I couldn't read my writing then. 180,000, all right? Acrobats, higher or lower than Save Ferris. You've got to get this right. Oh, this is the final one? No, no, no. There's one more after this. Acrobats, much higher. It's lower. What? 169,000. Are you sure? Yeah. You didn't copy that down wrong? I've, no, that's right. Oh, you, lower than one, Save Ferris. Yeah, the next one would have been Sublime. Oh, higher. Five million. Wow. The highest of them all. Yeah. Even by Goldfinger, they're 3.3 million higher. Yeah. Sublime. And they do get mentioned in the Scar documentary for date rape. Um, yes. N- not because they're guilty of it, um, because <laughs> it, because it was one of their singles. <laughs> yeah. Um, which they didn't enjoy. They don't like. The yeah. wife came on in the documentary and said they don't like playing it live. Do <laughs> 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 you remember that? <laughs> the wife was there. It just said wife of thingy from Sublime. <laughs> when she was one of the. Oh, she was wearing the red, that. and she just came on and she was like. Yeah, and then date rate came out, but they never liked playing it live, and that was basically all that bit. Oh, was. okay, it was like, I can remember that. I must, have, like, I must have not read the subtitle then. Yeah, it was the wife. you know, like we, the guy coming round from the back. Yeah, yeah, they don't like playing it. Just, just to reassure it yeah. that they didn't like playing date rate. They got bored of it pretty quick. Wow. The wife was there as well, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we always had a clean sweep. It might be well, one that I bring fun. to the table. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll probably stick within genres. Because okay. I th- it could be an up and down. Yeah. Um, no, just quickly, good. highest band plays on Spotify. Who do you think it is? Band. So this is a band that play instruments anywhere in the world. The highest monthly listens from a band. Imagine Dragons. Oh, really close. Maroon 5. Uh, okay. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, that is odd. The equivalent of six Slipknots there. Wow. 
Yeah, I couldn't say, I couldn't <laughs> say your figures. I mean, I don't think Maroon mean, 5 have got a mask between them, but I get what you're saying. You'd hope so at the current time, wouldn't you? you know, they can't all be... You, <laughs> you, you can't be sharing. There's a question. Let's say, that, let's say that this pandemic had not been uh, COVID-19, it's been COVID-99, right? Would we have had two-tone face masks? Yeah, percentage. Hundred percent, and I'm sure they probably exist somewhere. Well, after bands, we like a release face mark. So, anyways, speaking of merchandise, uh, just before what? we wrap up, um, have you got some? No, are we, are we going to talk about uh, oh. Lester Jake again? Y- yes. So we we referenced on a episode recently, didn't we, that we were waiting for some vinyl to show up, and yeah. it arrived like it serendipitously. Arrived. It's uh, mad that this all coincided this week. Yeah. Um, so these are the the. Quite the You're first pressing notes. of not quite the first <laughs> pressing of Anthem. No, uh, because Anthem was pressed as a set of seven inch, which you have, don't you? No, I don't. I never had that. Oh. Uh, but B sides never well, pressed you did. vinyl. I've got the Motion City soundtrack, similar yes. one. Yes, yeah. Um, so these have been pressed by Smart Punk. Uh, if you want a copy, you can still get them in the UK, but uh, US listeners, which of course we have a huge <laughs> listenership from the US. I'm sure there's uh, a few of you. Bad Good ne- day. Bad news. Uh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's available down down under. Um, B, you can still get the B-Size one in the US direct from Smart Punk. Um, but yeah, they came through and uh, I've had a look through and the, the vinyl itself is it looks fantastic. Um, uh, really it, nice was, it was nice to open the package, wasn't it? Yeah. And see these albums from you know, nearly 20 years ago, I suppose. Um, on vinyl because it's the first time I've owned um, Anthem I'm, I don't have it on vinyl currently so it was nice to get the repressing um, yeah it's always it's it's nice to receive vinyl yeah. isn't it do you know one thing I, did, I don't know if we did mention when we were talking about it when because we, we looked through them a bit didn't we before we started recording yeah. um, it's interesting that they've gone for the the Anthem artwork from the deluxe edition that just kind of dawned on me because that is the deluxe one not the uh, the standard CD which was like the main release. This is the one from the box set. Like not, 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 it wasn't quite a box set. It was like a, like a uh, double sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Sleeve it's the one we both had because we both purposely, you had it, didn't you? Yeah, with the well, uh, individual, I don't think I've never, I've never owned Individual the... um, cards inside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got that somewhere yeah, yeah. still. Yeah. Wow. Oh. It's incredible, actually. That's mental. It's incredible, actually, how... I didn't think of that until you've just said it. How iconic that Amphimera is because those the whole thing of like the different uh, lyrics and the different pieces of art like attached to it like I was so inspired by that like and I'd have quite happily seen every album from every band yeah, yeah. like do that sort of thing it's I, one I, of the things we loved about um, Jackknife to a Swan yeah Boston for the different um, individual tattoos. artwork for each yeah. um, single and to be fair with beers of B-Sides they kind of did it a little bit like they didn't go quite as far on it but there are like individual no, little bits of art which is like a is for well again this, i think that front cover with the b yeah is people get that tattooed yeah, yeah i've seen loads of tattoos yeah, i've cool. got you know but like the the science guy over in the cabinet there i've got the the figurine of the science yes you do adapted and then i'm thinking like on top of the cabinet over there i've got the firecracker yeah from one of the shows yeah and even the evo kid that's in the cabinet with the science guy like the the yellow and black one and red like it's kind of the anthem color scheme it's just a show and tell of your room isn't it <laughs> you know it's all very nice um but no i just i just realized like 
that artwork and that whole concept of that because I then did that. I basically You're going a bit glazed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's your allergies. It's your allergies. I, I attempted to replicate it. Do you remember I did the the series of art prints where I wrote yeah, my was, lyrics and sent them and people yeah, did that. Of course, I like, remember them. Like, there's a reason why like seeing the anthem stuff like is such a big deal. This is what I mean. Like, regardless of the genre, for us it is scar, but there'll be bands that just you know have influenced you. Yeah. And, you know, in, in ways that you I think you overlook sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, I think that's the great thing about music in general, which is what's lent us to having a friendship that's largely revolves around it and why we're now talking about it in a podcast, because music is a it's endless. You know, because pe- people are still making music, you know, and even if they stopped making music, you'd still have all the music they made before. And. Correct me if you will. There's loads of it. <laughs> yeah. There's fucking... I've not listened to every track of you. No, no, I have not. I don't think I've come close. Um, uh, well, you, you, you've summed things up quite nicely But there. talking of a track... Um, yes, we're going to finish on a song. Yeah, which is a first. We're not going to sing it. <laughs> no, yeah. Ba, 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 da, da. New York, New York, real big fish covered. Yeah, there was a few covers on. I think Kiss Me Deadly's a cover as well. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're gonna start finishing the sh- uh, the shows on a song. Uh, we're not gonna sing it. Um, we're gonna hand over to Rog from Less Than Jake again, and he's gonna introduce the track. Uh, so thanks for listening if you want to find us online you can at two track mind pod ed's been doing lots of good stuff over there with videos uh documenting his journey with the albums that i'm supposed to be listening to as well (laughs) how many have you listened you've listened to one track i listened to one track because it was the 21st of september i've done all five albums i'm and i'm on second listens for some of them and you've bought one on vinyl uh, 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 but that we'll save that for an, uh, another yeah, of course, issue. Of course, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Ed, where can people find you other than our own account? Um, at Run with Ed on Twitter and Instagram, and Excellent. yourself? I am at Liam Tom's. Pretty much everywhere that Liam Tom's are sold. <laughs> um, <laughs> and on that note, we'll hand over to Rog. Thanks for listening. This is our new song. It's called "Lie to Me." Our new album comes out December 11th. Check it out.